Hey, this is Dawn, and you are listening to episode number five of This Little Light. And we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Surprise, we have so much to talk about. I left off last week with asking, you know, what, what are we doing? Where's the church? The disciples, the early church, were turning the world upside down, and we are just kind of here being us and just taking it day by day and seeing how it goes right like that's where I left off and we're going to kind of pick up there because I think I have an answer (laughs) maybe probably not but we're going to walk this out together and I am going to share with you what I've learned over the last week as I've been studying more about the Holocaust and the Great Depression and FDR and some other things that are going to make their grand debut on the podcast eventually. But until then, we're going to talk about what I learned that completely blew my mind and how the Lord kind of walked me through this. And I'm going to walk you through it the same way that he walked me through it. Because that's the best way. He's a very good teacher. <laughs> and James, James 3.1 says that teachers of the word will be held and judged with greater strictness on the day of judgment. And if the Lord so sweetly broke this down to me and walked me through it with such revelation, but in such a simple way. I'm going to go that route. This teacher of the word is going to do exactly what her father showed her how to do. (laughs) And the way he explained it to her, I'm going to explain it to you. So, I always want to do that. Just that. If I'm going to be someone who teaches anyone anything about the word of God, I am not going to take it lightly. I am not going to push my own agenda. I'm not going to push my beliefs. I'm not going to push my opinions. And I'm not going to push my narratives. I am going to push Jesus. I am going to push the truth. I am going to push the word of God and nothing else. So, when I tell you that I am taking these things straight from the word of God and nowhere else, that's it. That's where it's coming from. And I just ask that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you the same things that he has revealed to me about the man Jesus was historically. Jesus of the Bible, the man, the actual man who who had his own personality, who had his own little character and characteristics and attributes and all those things, that man. And then I'm going to ask you to look at the world's version of Jesus that Satan has so placed on a pedestal that looks nothing like the Jesus of the Bible. Because it will blow your mind. Let's just go ahead and knock the lie out of the park here. Jesus was not some Birkenstock wearing, kumbaya singing, oh, peace and love and free love and so tolerant of whatever it is do you do you you do what makes you happy just like you are don't ever change you're wonderful and perfect and passive and just weak man jesus was not that man at all there are things about jesus in that 
manipulative version that Satan has kind of placed somewhere for us to look at and think about who Jesus was. Because Jesus is loving. He is so loving. He is kind. He is good. He is patient. He is full of mercy and grace. And he's just amazing. He's the Almighty. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. He is so many things. But Satan knows the word so well. And he knew that man of the Bible. Historically, he knew that Jesus. Because he tempted him. He went to him. There's dialogue and conversation and he knew him he spent time around him so naturally he knows who Jesus really was so why would he not take those little things that Jesus said like love thy neighbor cast the first stone judge not turn the other cheek and take those combined with some of his most enduring amazing characteristics and lay out this version of Jesus that the world has accepted as Jesus right but the church has adopted as Jesus and that is scary that is so scary because that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. There are things about that that are truth. But if you think about it, think about to the garden. Did God really say? Or think about how Satan has to know like the word of God to get us to doubt it. But unfortunately for the church today... There's so many people who claim to be Christians that know nothing about who Jesus is because they've not encountered the real Jesus. They've there's some counterfeit antichrist, if you will, that has been forced and adopted by the church and accepted by so many Christians that are out here with no idea of who Jesus really is and that breaks my heart and makes me angry and there's so many feelings about that but before we talk about who Jesus was because we've already got the lie out of the way and that is not who Jesus is Jesus was not some hippie weak doormat man no 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 not my Jesus that is not my Jesus but when I say that there is nothing new under the sun Hear me out in this. For the past almost two years, very prominent people in the church world have used Romans 13 to try to condition Christians to keep quiet, to, to comply, to do things. Because what would Jesus do? Well, Jesus would do this. Now, did you know get ready hope you're sitting down that the german evangelical church in nazi germany the one that had become nazified that had stuck beside hitler because he was their leader and just doing big things for the church and you know the the one that they used to justify their sin 
with taking scripture out of context that that germany that nazi german evangelical church you know what scripture it was that they were standing firm on to support hitler and all he was doing even the genocide of six million jews it was romans 13. yep you heard that right so your girl did some digging first of all let's read romans 13. we're going to read verses 1 through 3 maybe okay here we go um everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from god and those in position of authority have been placed there by god so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what god has instituted and they will be punished for the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right but in those who are doing wrong would you like to live without fear of authorities do what is right, and they will honor you. Now, I did some investigating, and I looked into these things. Obviously, Paul, Paul wrote, Paul wrote Romans, which blows that blows my mind. So I knew there had to be something not so straightforward about that, right? Like Paul, Paul went to jail like all the time. Paul is. Paul was always in jail. When he wasn't in jail, he was out spreading the gospel. He was going to jail for spreading the gospel because he wouldn't stay quiet. He wouldn't conform. He wouldn't bow down. So, like, Paul, what you talking about, man? Like, got some questions. So, I did some digging. Get ready to have your mind blown. Now, let's just go ahead and knock this out, too. I don't know Greek. I am from southeastern Kentucky and I live in Alabama and I'm going to destroy these words and that's okay. That is okay. I'm going to spell them for you and give you the opportunity to search them for yourself and decide how you would like to say them because I know I'm going to do a very bad job and that's okay because Jesus loves me anyway because I'm trying. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, let's look at this whenever we start digging into the Greek the word h-u-p-o-t-a-s-s-o hupotasso <laughs> means to submit or be subject to so it quite literally means to arrange stuff respectfully in an orderly manner underneath. So organize, organization, that is hupotasso in the Greek. That is the same word that Ephesians 5.22 uses when we hear the word submit, wives submit to your husbands. Keep that in mind. Now, there's another word H-U-P-O-K-O-U-O. Hupokowo. I am so sorry. That is awful. That is so awful. Anyway, that word is translated as obey. And that literally means to conform, to follow a command, or to 
submit to authority as a subordinate. Hmm. It is always used in a, like, relationship between parents and children and slaves and masters. So, like, Ephesians 6, 1 and 6, 5. Now, in the New Testament Greek, to submit does not always mean to obey. They are two separate actions or postures. And in Romans 13, we are talking about hupotasso. H-U-P-O. T-O. Or T-A-S-S-O. Hupotasso. So sorry. Which means organization. To submit or be subject or to arrange stuff respectfully in an orderly manner underneath. Paul was talking about the overall organization of government and how God has ordained people to be in positions of power to make peace, to keep order, to keep chaos from breaking out. Now, whether those leaders and rulers do those things, like live up to the full potential as a leader and do the right thing without any kind of corruption or anything, that's one thing. But that literally means the organization of government, that God ordained government in an orderly fashion. Just like the husband is the head of the household and wives have to respect him as that position, not submit and obey, not that one, but to recognize his position as the man, the provider, as the father, as the husband, as the one who is on top. There's God, then husband. Just like that, Paul was talking about that organizational aspect of government. How they're in place to work things out for us, to keep us safe, to maintain order. What? Is your mind completely blown? Because mine is. Mine absolutely is. So when you're looking at it from that aspect... That literally means that Romans 13, 1 through 3, when you're not seeing it from a peacemaking standpoint, it's not, it can seem like it is, you have to submit to obey, you have to obey. No. He's literally talking about respecting the idea of government. But because people have so taken scripture out of context and don't know how to really study the word, because we're not necessarily taught unless you go to like maybe some Bible college or you take some ministry classes or something. These things aren't just like known things unless you have some grand revelation from the Holy Spirit. How else would you know? The Bible would be read literally literally. 
and literally reading that and be like, oh yeah, I see, okay, we have to submit and obey whatever the government says. Yes, got it. No, we just have to respect the idea of it and know that their intention, the intention that God has placed them for is to keep me safe and to keep my family safe and to do things, hopefully, that are spiritually, morally right for the overall benefit of everyone's well-being under their authority. Wow, guys. So, with all of that being said, we are going to talk about the man that Jesus was really quick. Jesus is obviously wonderful and awesome and amazing and the very best friend that I've ever had. He is so good. So, so good to me. He is, um, I know he's good to you too. <laughs> he is patient. He is kind. He is so wonderful. And allowing him to love me has completely changed who I am as a wife and mother and how I raise my children and how I look to my husband. All of those things. And it's amazing. But, y'all, there's a whole side of Jesus that a lot of people don't like talking about, especially right now and especially in the church. Because if people only knew this side of Jesus, they would just be, they'll be running wild, according to the people in positions of power. Right? Now, I'm not saying everybody's this way and that everybody's all trying to use this manipulated counterfeit antichrist version of Jesus to keep things calm and collective. All I'm saying is that when we cannot control what's going on on a bigger scale, we like to control. Just in human or human nature, we like to control what we can. And we like to keep the peace instead of make peace. And Jesus made it very clear. We are called to be peacemakers. Blessed is the peacemaker. There's a huge difference between peacekeeping and and peacemaking. I was a peacekeeper for a very long time. And after reading and researching and doing what it takes to really realize there's a difference... My whole attitude changed toward things. It, I established boundaries and decided I'm going to have to make peace in this situation, come what may. Because that's what Jesus said. It. I would be blessed for doing that, right? So, let's talk about who Jesus was for just a quick second. The very first public like outing and like something that the disciples and Jesus did together, <laughs> they broke the law. That's a very that's the one the first time they go out and do something together as like teacher with the disciples. They break the law. <laughs> In Mark two twenty three we hear the story or read the story of Jesus and the disciples going through a wheat field or I can't remember what it was. I think it is just a field. And they start plucking the grains. The disciples do. And 
they're doing it on a Sabbath. And Pharisees see them and they're like, why are you breaking the law on a Sabbath day? Don't you know it's bad to harvest on the Sabbath? And Jesus immediately is just like, you know what? Man was made for the Sabbath, not Sabbath for the man. Might drop, right? Then you have him going out and healing in the synagogue that day on a Sabbath. And that's where everything starts going down. The pot is being stirred by Jesus at that point. And he did that because he got mad. There was a righteous anger that rose up in Jesus. And he was like, you know what? You are worthy of being healed, sir. Come here, sir. Let me heal you. Despite what these insane, very hard-hearted, stubborn, religious hypocrites who claim to be so close to God think or say I'm going to heal you because you are worthy of being healed come here come close to me now you're healed go and boy that sent the Pharisees into straight tizzies that's where they were like okay we gotta take him out we're done we can't have him out here doing this he is he is turning the people against us, and that is what they didn't like, because they were losing control. Hear me out when I say this. Jesus was so firm. He was unshakable. He did not compromise. He was intolerant to sin. He did not budge. He was absolutely civilly disobedient when it came to people because he cared so much about us and people and the outcast and the misfit and the sinners and women and widows and orphans and children and the ones who are being oppressed by under these ridiculous rules established by religious traditions he cared so deeply for these people that he had to do something to show them that that ain't the way, that ain't it, this is not okay, this is not okay, there's more, you're worthy of this, come here, let me help you. Jesus was flipping tables, not because he was just angry and doing it, not because he wanted to, he was flipping tables because he was heartbroken, he was grieved, he was so grieved by the behavior of the ones who were supposedly the religious leaders and teachers that these people were learning from that he had to be so far out of societal norms that he looked like a complete crazy person but it drew so many people to him because they saw this was exposing the hearts of the Pharisees these men who he called hypocrites and a brood of vipers and just ripped them up and down all the time. Did not care. Now, Jesus was not afraid of confrontation, but he didn't argue with them. He never argued with them. He said what needed to be said and left it at that. He didn't say any more. He didn't say any less. There were several times Jesus walked away from people. And there were several times people walked away from Jesus. Jesus didn't chase people. He didn't beg anybody to follow him. He let 
the way he lived and the things that God was doing through him draw people to him and show them that this is real. This is as real as it gets. This is authentic. This is the real deal. And you can have this too. Come, follow me. Let me teach you. The fact that Jesus sat with prostitutes, tax collectors, sinners, just regular old sinners, women, widows, children, he went to the sick, he went to the dying, he went to, he healed lepers, he touched those that were unclean. That exposed his heart. And his heart was for everyone, regardless of who you were, or what you had, or what you did, or what you could give, or what you couldn't give. He did not see those things. He saw the real issues, the heartbreak, the, the desperate need for healing, the sickness, the disease, the death. The women who were just so mistreated by society at the time. I mean, just widows. He saw how these people were not supposedly, or were not taking care of the widows that they were called to take care of. He saw these things and he knew he could not stay quiet. He knew if he stayed quiet, nothing would change and no one would turn the world upside down like the disciples. Like he modeled the way to civil disobedience to fight societal norms and cultures and whatever it is that people had created and tried to say that he could not step outside of he pushed every boundary there was to push he challenged every religious leader he challenged rulers and kings and all of them he challenged government in radical obedience to his heavenly father and that is the same thing that we are supposed to be doing today now i am not saying go out here and riot and loot and be a fool and act crazy and blame it on jesus or me don't blame that on me what i'm saying is when you see wrong in the world done at the hands or by the hands of leaders in our country or churches and you refuse to speak out on it you are no better than the leaders and pastors and teachers and priests in Nazi Germany at the time who refused to do nothing because they stood on a scripture they were taking out of context you know better you were taught better you heard it straight from me tonight now you know so now that you know you have a personal responsibility to stand for the things that break god's heart you have to start flipping some tables when you see the things going on in the world around you that are not okay, that you know Jesus would have never stood for. It is time to flip those tables and say no. Now, is this about challenging our government or the things they enact? A little, kind of. When anything goes against the word of God, you have every responsibility ever 
ever. You have a personal responsibility in radical obedience to God, just like Jesus, to stand up and say no. Because the word is always going to back you. The word will always back you. God never promised us sunshine and rainbows all the time. He never said you would walk through doors with confetti and handed balloons to congratulate you because you did a good. <laughs> One good today for someone. But he did say that one day we would face persecution. And I had said earlier in some episode, in one of the earlier episodes, that the church was facing like a itty bitty smidge of like persecution. I lied. I'm sorry. I should have never said that. We are having pressure applied to us. And sadly, we are seeing what is coming out of us when that pressure is being applied. And it is not good. It is devastating. Especially when I'm reading things like this and the Lord has so broken this down for me. I just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart and it infuriates me because we have so many prominent leaders and pastors who are falling in line with this Romans 13 German evangelical mindset because we're scared of losing I'm going to be really very real we're scared of losing those tax exemptions we're scared of what the government can and might do to us because we have allowed the government to have so much say in our churches and the way we do things that it's gotten out of hand and there's a clear separation of church and state that thankfully the United States had instituted and or was supposed to be standing on and people say that you know it's because we took Jesus and prayer out of the schools no this was going to happen anyway and whether there was prayer every day in schools would it matter if we weren't living up and rising to the standard that Jesus set for us as people who claim to be Christians. As a mother raising two boys right now, I have trained them up in the way that they should go. Not just in biblical things, but in how to be obedient to the things that I say. Hear me out. I have set a standard in my home of what is acceptable and what isn't. Anything below that standard receives correction and discipline. Not punishment, but discipline. Because I can disciple in that moment and I can grow them and show them through correction. I can walk this out with them and show them how to do it properly next time so they can meet that standard that I put in place for them. And Jesus did that same thing for us through the Word. Allowing us to read the Word and bringing revelation through the Holy Spirit is exactly what I do to my boys. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm Jesus or anything like that. No. That, the only reason I can be the mother that I am is because I had to learn how to be loved 
by Jesus. And letting him love me is the only way that that love and teaching and discipling go hand in hand with how I parent and my boys and how I raise my boys. I only have a relationship with the Lord because I surrendered my life to him. I trust him and I love him and I love his word and I love being a student of the word and I want to apply the word to my day to day every day for the rest of my days. But I feel like we haven't fully taught people how to study and apply these things and sadly we haven't said a lot about historically who Jesus of the Bible was because we've lived in like this little fear of what might happen if people really learn about Jesus that destroys this narrative this worldly version of this manipulated antichrist counterfeit Jesus that Satan has so put on a pedestal for us to just believe that's who Jesus is and if you don't know what's happening in Australia right now I encourage you to look it up Queensland specifically I'm going to read a little bit about what is happening in Australia and then how this relates to the church and then we'll go from there <laughs> but this is an article from Queensland Australia um, on I think it was November 13th 2021 Unvaccinated will have miserable, very lonely life, top Australian doc warns. The head of the Australian Medical Association in Queensland has issued a dark warning to those who refuse anti-COVID vaccination, saying they not only face fines and fraud charges, but will be separated. Yes, separated from the rest of society. Life will be miserable without being vaccinated. You won't be able to hide, Dr. Chris Perry said this week while speaking to Channel 9 Television Network in Australia. The Medical Association president was discussing the future of Queensland's residents who decide to dodge a vaccination mandate, calling those who have decided against vaccination crazy, he said. There's a whole pile of issues, a whole pile of problems if you try and get around the system. Even those who have an exemption from mandatory vaccination will face difficulties as they won't be able to get a doctor to sign that off, Perry said during his speech, warning clinicians of possible fines for deciding to exclude someone from the jab. The patients who tell lies can be charged with fraud, he added. This week, the Queensland government announced it would extend vaccine mandates against coronavirus to include all private health care staff. People have been given until December 15 to get double jabbed and present proof in order to continue not only with their work, but also their private life as normal. You won't be able to go anywhere, 
for any entertainment, Perry told viewers, pointing out that proof of a person being fully vaccinated will be needed to go into most venues. To those who don't have a certificate, he said, you will have a very, very lonely life. Y'all, I do not know about you, but I know as far as I am concerned, I have a lot of feels. There's, there's some very similar aspects of this that we just talked about. Remember, the Holocaust did not start overnight. It did not start overnight. But, the lack of concern from the church didn't stop anything. They, they, nothing changed because someone decided to say, this isn't okay. Austria, the same thing is happening in Austria. This is happening everywhere around us. When I say persecution is coming, it is coming. We are, the pressure is coming. Pressure is being applied to the church. And unfortunately, we are not seeing what the Bible, historically, the man Jesus did in those times when pressure was being applied to people and the religious leaders, when all of that was happening. And we were not seeing, we're not seeing the same things happening now. We're seeing people use a scripture out of context and leaders in our churches manipulate people into accepting something that Jesus would have never tolerated. And I don't know about you, but I know that I, I am ready to start flipping some tables. I am done. I am so done. I am done with fake. I am done with hypocrisy. I am done with manipulation and control. I am done. And I am done with our churches thinking it's okay to just hide within the four walls and never do anything about the really big problems going on around us. The fact that no one is speaking about what is going on in Australia speaks volumes. I'm going to read one more thing and then, then I think we're done. We're going to be done after that. <laughs> Your call as a Christian is to defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. That is from Proverbs 31.9. Reprove the ruthless and defend the orphan. Isaiah 1.17. Do justice to the afflicted and destitute and deliver them out of the hand of the wicked. That is from Psalm 82 verses 3 and 4. Have no other gods but the true and living God. Exodus 23. We are to resist the sin of abortion. Exodus 20, 13. Psalm 82, 3 and 4. We are to resist the rise and promotion of homosexuality. Leviticus 20, 13. 2 Peter 2, verses 6 through 9. We are to resist the redefinition of marriage to accommodate sin. Mark 10, verse 6. Resistance is absolutely 
biblical in every sense of the word when it means to defy the decrees, laws, and commands of the ungodly leaders above us, whoever they may be. Exodus 1 verses 15 through 21, 1 Samuel 14, 24, 43 through 46, Jeremiah 26 verses 10 through 16, Daniel 3, 14 through 18, Matthew 2, 7 through 12, 2 Corinthians 11, 32 through 33. The Bible does say in Romans 12, 18, that we are to be at peace with all men whenever possible. And yes, to obey the civil authorities and respect their position that they are here to make peace for us. But we never submit to leadership if it means compromising the truth of God's word. And we must obey God at all costs rather than men. And that is from Acts 5.29. I am praying for you. I love you. I hope that this encourages you. I cannot wait until next episode. You can find me and talk with me on Facebook at This Little Light. Let's have a discussion about this. Let me hear your thoughts. Y'all have given me some of the best feedback and most encouraging kind words ever and your girl is a girl of words of affirmation so I love it <laughs> um, you can listen on Google podcast Apple podcast Spotify and anchor and hopefully that this you take this and you ask the Holy Spirit to work some things out in you that are going to prepare you for what is inevitably going to come our way